Get everybody and welcome to another episode of this marketing thing. I am super pumped for today's episode. What we're going to do is take a look back at last week's interview with pro copywriter Clay Manley and a few things that I learned and took away from it. And then secondly, what we're going to do is take a step back from copywriting and look at something that's more important than copywriting. Now, if I'm saying it's more important than copywriting, it's pretty darn important. I'll see you guys on the other side. Have you ever stopped to wonder? How on earth do people like us that were raised to go get a job after school just to realise that being at the mercy of some big company isn't for us? How do we market and build our own businesses so we get to choose our own destinies? That's the question and this podcast is the answer. Join me as I discover, learn and share the latest marketing secrets and strategies to help grow your online business. My name's Kyle Macker, and welcome to this marketing thing. Thing, 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 thing. So last week, I had an absolute blast talking to pro copywriter Clay Manley. I could have spoken copywriting with him for absolutely hours. Now, what's cool about Clay, he's a super nice guy, but he's out there getting amazing results for his clients. So it's he's out there actually really doing. So super cool to see. And He's doing it in copywriting and I, copywriting I find truly amazing that it has the power to get people off their couch, go and grab their wallets, get their credit card out, punch in the digits and buy a product. Now that's something that's really hard to do and it's not easy that you're able to invoke enough emotion just in the words to get people to go and take an action. Now There's a really good example that Gary Halbert gives. Now, Gary Halbert was a copywriter back in the day. He made a squillion from direct mail and in heaps of different markets and industries. But the way he put it is this, is imagine you've got two pieces of paper and you both, you address them both to your mother. Now, on the first piece of paper is that you tell her how much you love her, how much you appreciate it being in your life. And on the second one, you write that she's a bitch, you never want to talk to her again, and you send them both off. Now, imagine the different emotions they would invoke if your mother read those. Now, as I get older, I find that it's truly fascinating what words can do. Because if you wrote and send those letters, not that you would, but It was not the letter, it was not the paper it was written on, it was just the words that were able to invoke that emotion. I find that truly fascinating. And it's something that I'm really working towards to maybe be called even a little bit of a copywriter in the future, because at the moment I'm I'm not a copywriter's butthole, but it's something that I'm really sort of putting a lot of time into to work hard to become a copywriter. Now, the super cool added bonus of copywriting. Now, I found copywriting when I was studying sales funnels and I was selling physical products online. And when I found copywriting, it really made me appreciate marketing better because I believe copywriting is the foundation of marketing because there's a few foundational principles that if you don't include them in your copy then it's just not going to work. But if you then take those same copywriting principles and you apply them to your marketing principle, marketing strategy in general, then you're off to a winner. But if you don't, you're going to fall short. 
Now, one that comes to mind is called WIFM. Everyone tunes into this one radio station, WIIFM. What's in it for me? Now, I can prove this to you. If you take a group photo and then you look at the screen after the photo's been taken, you're the first person you look at. Now, it's the same thing when you're scrolling through the internet. You're looking for what can entertain me? What can I get out of something? Now, this isn't a bad thing. It's just a natural thing that we as humans do. So what you've got to remember in your copy and even in your marketing, your customer is the hero. They're on a journey. Your company, your business is not the hero. You're just helping facilitate that journey. You're helping them achieve dreams and desires and your your products or services might take away pains or fears. But what you have to remember, it's what's in it for them because they only care about what's in it for them. Now, it's truly fascinating. When you go and have a look at, I actually did a video on this in my Facebook group not so long ago, and it talks about the About Us pages of websites. When you go and look at a lot of About Us pages of websites, you see a lot of language of like, we do this, we do that, we've won these awards, we're so amazing, and it's just got nothing to do with the customer. It's not customer-centric. It's business, they're business-centric, which is completely wrong because people will switch off, they won't read it, or they can even be turned off by it. So when you're writing these types of things in your copy, you've got to be talking using a lot of you language. You can be helped here and you can, do you have this problem? It's about them, not you. And if you apply that in your marketing strategy, then you, it, it's, it makes it, it's so much better because you're worried about what's in it for them. What can you help them with? It makes you think about it from their perspective. It puts yourself in their shoes, which is the basis of copywriting and, in my opinion, the foundation of a good marketing strategy. So the big takeaways for me last week, now there was a lot of them, but I think probably the ones for me was definitely the differentiation between brand and sales copy. I think that's important because, I mean, we hear a lot of people talking this copy everywhere, it's everywhere, but when you look at it, those pieces of copy do different things. So that was a one big one for me, the differentiation between brand and sales copy. And the second one was probably the one that he spoke about, the new part, the pain-gain transformation. So their pain points, the gain, what they stand to gain from it. But the, the real one, the fascinating one, is the transformation. What's their gonna life going to look like after they've used this product? So did you hear Clay last week talking about water filters? And instead of talking about water filters, he ended up talking about safety for your family. So this is fascinating, isn't it? I mean, you could use this even if you're a mechanic, brake line check you could do like some sort of brake line check and then talk about safety for your family so that's a really cool one transformation and then writing that in your copy or in your your video scripts so super cool they're my big takeaways from last week and i'm definitely going to keep them front of mind next time i write a piece of copy Now, guys, what I want to do is take a step back from the copy. Now, you guys know that I think copywriting is super important, and it is. 
But there's something that's more important. In fact, way more than copywriting. Now, I've been doing a lot of research in this lately from different books, different copywriters. They talk about it also. Now, it's desire. You see, there's a lot of people that you see talking about creating desire in their products and services. Now, that's a complete myth. You can't create desire in your products and services. Repeat after me. I can't create desire in my products and services. Because the truth of the matter is, is that the overwhelming urge to own a product or service comes from the market itself, not your copy, not your Facebook ads, not your U-Butte Google AdWord library or some amazing sales funnel. It's from the hopes, dreams, fears and desires and all you can do as a business owner is focus them onto your product or service. That's your job. That's it. And those that don't realize this or worse, realize it and still do it anyway, will dead set run out of money. It's like trying to swim against a raging river. Now, there's a really good story that I can tell you that to help visualize this in your mind, there's an old dead copywriter, Gary Hall, but I've spoken about him a fair bit, actually. I've spoken about him just before. But before he died, he used to go and give workshops and seminars to business owners on marketing and copywriting. Now, what he would ask the audience, he would go something like this. He would say, Imagine you and I both have a hamburger stand and we're in a contest to sell more hamburgers. And he would ask the audience, he would say, what advantages would you like on your side? And they would say, we want better meat. Other people would would say, we want this location or sesame seed buns. And he say, I'll give you every single advantage you ask for. I only want one. And the crowd would say, yep, you can have whatever you want. We've got all the good ones anyway. And he said, I will outsell all of you every day, no matter what time of day. And he said, I only want this. I just want a starving crowd. So just think about that. He just wanted people that were starving because they were the ones that were going to be eating the pants off the burgers. If you shoved a burger in front of someone that's just eaten, they don't want it. So it doesn't matter about location, better meat or sesame seeds. If they're not hungry, they don't want it. But if you shove your marketing message in front of people that are starving, they're going to be the ones or have the desire to eat your burgers. Now, before we go too much further, I just want to clarify what a desire is. So a desire is like a private want, right? That's pretty easy. But what's mass desire then that makes all this marketing sort of stuff work? Now, mass desire is like the multiplication of a private want among thousands or millions of people. In the past, we've seen these companies get these mass desires completely wrong. Now, an example of that would be sort of like the digital camera when it came along and Kodak and how they completely missed it and they thought that digital cameras were going to be a fling or a fleeting moment. The other one that comes to mind for me is Blockbuster and missing out on streaming movies. I mean, Blockbuster could have been the Netflix. It could have just been Blockbuster online, but they they thought that people liked coming to their stores and perusing the aisles looking for a, for a DVD and that just wasn't the case. They completely missed that mass desire. Now, these mass desires take years to develop and they're created by 
technological, economical, and social forces that are huge. These are massive, massive things. But by simply directing these gigantic mass desires is why you can see people on Facebook getting these ROASs in the teens. Now, a ROAS is a return on ad spend. So these people are putting a dollar in and they're getting 14 or $15 out. Now, the reason they're able to do that, they, they, they get an amplification effect, if you like, that can only take place when advertising exploits an already existing mass desire. So guys, look, I hope I'm getting the point across that you cannot create desire. You can only focus that mass desire that already exists onto your products and services. You can't create it. And if you respect these mass desires, you can see some truly amazing results. Now, these two types of mass desires, two categories, if you like, and they both have separate problems, but we'll talk about those in a sec. Now, the first one is called permanent forces. Now, within permanent forces, there's two subcategories. Now, the first one is called mass instinct. So this is the reason women want to be attractive. Men want to be manly or both men and women want to be healthy. Now, this is where you see some marketers talking about health, wealth and relationship core markets or core desires. Now, I've spoken about this in the past as well because people want to be healthier, they want to be wealthier and they want better relationships. This is where these live because they live in this mass instinct of permanent forces. Now, the next one is called, within permanent forces, the subcategory is called mass technological problems. So it could be slow internet, crap phone signal. Now, until the problem is solved, a customer will keep trying and trying and trying again. I'm like that with my internet at the moment. I'm going through internet companies like it's going out of fashion because I'm getting slow internet. and It's giving me the absolute, ugh, you know what, and it starts with S. But anyway, that's a chat for another day. However, within permanent forces, those two subcategories, mass technological problems and mass instinct, we've got the same problem as marketers and business owners in that there's this existing mass desire and it's been there for eons and everybody knows about it. Every marketer and copywriter knows about these mass desires because they've been there for so long, right? So how do we get around that? This is the big problem. Well, we have to promote our products and services in a new, fresh way that's sort of never been done before. People like the new thing. And this is where you see in the health core markets, in mass instinct, you see keto diets, you see vegetarian, you see paleo diet. In the wealth core market, you see stock investing, real estate, and then there'll be niches within those. And then relationships, there'll be something in there, I'm sure. But you get the picture. You have to present your products and offers in a new and fresh way. And that's the problem we have in the permanent forces mass desires because those mass desires have been there for a long time. People know about them. So we have to present our products in a new, fresh way because if we don't, we'll just be another person in that crowd. Now, the second category of mass desires is called forces of change. Now, like the first one, 
there is two subcategories. Now, the first subcategory is called trends. Now, this is what we spoke about before in the event of the digital camera or video streaming and Kodak and Blockbuster not innovating. So this one's hard because it requires some foresight, intuition, and timing. And the hard part is identifying which potential appeals or benefits of different products have and knowing which to exploit at the right time. So it's a, it's a little bit, t- it's hard, it's tough. And an example of this would be like Steve Jobs with the iPod or the iPhone. So I mean, he's a serious entrepreneur and serious forward thinker, right? So, or was, right? Now, the next subcategory is called mass education. Now, this is this is why, when people change in society. So, and, and it could start off from like a movie star or presidential candidate and it trickles down into society, into neighborhoods and people talking at barbecues. And an example of this could be like women having the right to vote. Now, these ones, this, these, both of these, these forces of change have the same problem and it, it's timing, getting the timing right. And it requires a lot of foresight and intuition because if you're too early, it's not going to resonate with people because people just will flat out not understand. And then if you're too late, you're going to be late to the party. So this one's seriously tough, but if you get it right, well, holy dooly, you're going to add some serious zeros to your net wealth. So you might be saying, Kyle, how do I use this? Well, the first job to do is to identify the already existing mass desires that your product or service fits into. So is it a permanent force or is it the forces of change? And it might be that your product satisfies different desires, within those two categories. And it could be a product for men who want to be healthy, but they want to feel more manly. So there's two desires there within permanent forces under the mass instinct subcategory. But you could have a mass technological problem. So in my case at the moment, internet's really slow in my building. But you could also be seeing a reversal of a trend. But you must pick one desire to go after at one time and then the second job then would be to how is it that I strap these products or services that I have onto the backs of these mass desires so anyway guys I'm going to leave it there completely open looped so you listen into next week where we talk about how to put those desires onto your products and services Hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to subscribe and I'll see you guys next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Until next time, see you later.